a coworker of mine was a rocket and I I didn't know that. And so anyway, I had just known her as like my coworker. Anyway, I found out that she was a rocket and in my mind I was like, well, this is so uh, kind of silly and ridiculous of me, but I was like, well, if she could do it, I could do it. And so that's what got me to start um, start training again. Welcome to Part-Time Athletes, a podcast that interviews everyday people about their fitness journeys. That was Jana Davis. She is a dancer. And so dance is extremely athletic and dancers are definitely athletes. So I thought we definitely needed to interview one for the podcast. Um, I met Jana through the Ballet Spot. So it's a New York-based studio. I'm in Arizona. And when COVID started, I was just looking um, for things to do, you know, since we couldn't go anywhere. And I started taking a lot of Zoom fitness classes and I happened to take one of hers. And she mentioned um, coming back to ballet and dance after taking a long time, like 15 years off. So I started working on this podcast and I immediately thought of her as someone whose story I wanted to hear personally, but I also think a lot of people will probably be interested um, because we all have things that we loved to do when we were children um, or in high school growing up and not all of us continued on with those passions as we became adults and so it's just really cool I think to hear about somebody who took a break but then came back to it so this is like kind of a comeback story a little bit anyway enough for me here's Jana Davis's story oh one more thing sorry as I say at the beginning of every episode if you choose to take uh, any advice or opinions from this podcast or its guests and apply it to your own life or anyone else's, you do so at your own risk. Okay, disclaimer aside, let's get started, athletes. So, like, when did you start dancing and, like, what type of dance was it? How long did you do it? Can you just describe that a little bit? I, you know, I don't really remember starting dance. It just, I, I don't have memories of, like, very early in life. My husband, he remembers, you know, when he was two years old. And I'm like, what? I, I don't remember that. So I just kind of always remember dancing, but I think it was probably around five years old or so that I started. Uh, and I'm from Virginia originally. And so th- there's a lot of dance there. There was a lot of um, what uh, people call competition studios. I'm not sure if you're aware of the term or if your um, audience will be aware of the term but it's it's a dance studio but it's kind of like a dance studio meets uh what would be the equivalent like a sports team like the goal of it is to compete at the end of the year and um, like that show dance moms that kind of a thing exactly (laughs) yeah 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 so this uh this is i'm pretty old so this was long before Dance Moms was a thing, but there was very much um, a differentiation between like competition studios and quote unquote, you know, nose up in the air, dance snobbery, real studios. So anyway, I started at a, a competition studio and started with tap and ballet and jazz. And uh, the longer I 
dance, the more I got into ballet uh, and transferred into uh, not competition studios. So I, because I'm not a competitive person and I never won any, any titles or anything. So it didn't seem like that was the, the route for me uh, to go. So yeah, just dance, you know, all through childhood. And um, so that would be from, I want to say five until about 18 or so. Yeah, 18 when I quit. So about 13 years of a lot of dancing. And why did you decide to quit? Was it just, you know, you're 18, it's time to move on to like college and other things or... Uh, no. And, you know, I don't know at the time that I made us, it wasn't a specific decision, you know, one day I'm going to quit. It was never that, but I had uh, aspirations to get into a professional ballet company. And so this was a, this was around 2000. Um, and there was the internet. I'm not that old, but the internet, at least in my family, um, was it, it wasn't something that we were using a lot. Like I didn't get, I didn't really start using a computer until college. So the reason I mentioned this is because it wasn't like today where you could so easily do a lot of research. So the companies that I was looking to get into, you know, it was much more of a process of taking out your dance magazine and flipping into the back of it and making a lot of calls and to set up an audition uh, you had to actually fly to that place, uh, you know, arrange an audition, kind of like, I guess, maybe joining a, a sports team or something like this. It, it wasn't like today where you could so easily just send in a, a video audition. So, um, I arranged and with my parents' help, uh, to audition for about five companies, I think, and that was all the budget could allow. You know, because everyone arranged it with a flight and staying with one of my parents' friends so we could save on, you know, not having to get a hotel for me. And uh, long story short, I didn't get accepted anywhere. Um, so it was like my grand plan of getting into a company. It just, it just didn't happen. And so it was, it was a huge, crush to my ego. Um, and I just, if I could have gone back and told my younger self, you know, you have to do a lot of auditioning, you know, uh, before you find a, a match. It's like with, a, with any job interview, you know, you're not necessarily just going to apply two places and then get a job interview. But, um, you know, at the time, I just didn't really see any other way than just to, all right, well, I guess I'll go to college. Um, and to me, the idea of majoring in dance in college was like, so dumb. <laughs> I guess people do it. It's more acceptable nowadays. And I think, I think it's probably a great idea for a lot of people nowadays. But uh, at the time, it just, it just didn't seem like that was smart because I'd spent so much time already training. So then to spend a lot of money and time to continue training with the hopes of getting into a very low paying job slash career, just, it didn't seem uh, smart to me. So 
Yeah. So I basically, uh, my parents are in academia and there was no other option to go to college than to go to college. It was like, all right, you're going to college. That's what you're doing. So yeah, uh, it wasn't like a conscious decision. Like I'm quitting dance. It just, just never, it just didn't really happen for me. So did you keep taking classes at all while you were in college or just like slowly dropped off? I, I didn't a lot. Uh, so college to me was it's kind of a blur. I mean, it's it's a very strange thing with, with dance and the, the goal of getting into a professional dance company. I feel like uh, at least my experience was that the training was so intense that you don't really think about other things that you want to do. So for me, that was all I wanted to do. I didn't really have a backup plan. So then I found myself in college, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, so it was like, all right, well, I, I got to pick something eventually. So I, I did take a class, I think maybe two classes, the entirety of my, uh, of my four year college. Um, but yeah, I, di- I didn't, I didn't so much. Um, towards the end of my college, I started to, I started to really miss dance again. And I think I saw, um, you know, some people that I had taken a class with in college that were, you know, older, not old, like these are college students, but in my mind, you know, they're, oh, you know, 22 or something, and they still look great. I could still do this. So, Anyway, um, towards the end of my college, I, I planned to move to Chicago and, um, and start taking classes again. Um, and then I got hit by a car as a pedestrian, um, in, in a pretty major accident. Ouch. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's a everyone, major setback. It was, it was, um, yeah, everyone listening to this, look both ways before you cross the street. Um, I only looked one way and then I, and then I, um, I was jogging and I, I jogged out into the street and I got hit by a minivan. So yeah, it was a, a major setback, but, um, luckily, you know, I was still pretty young and I just kind of pulled myself together and I, I still did move to Chicago. It was a little bit later than I planned, but, um, yeah, I had like a, uh, I like was not able to walk at the beginning of it. And then nine months, six, six or nine months or so later, I was, uh, you know, I was still injured, but um, I made my way to Chicago and I auditioned um, at the Hubbard street dance, which is the contemporary dance company and training school, like renowned uh, in Chicago. And uh, so yeah, I don't know that I necessarily had a plan with it. I just knew that I still had this drive in me to dance. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling. Did I answer your question? Yeah, you did. Um, okay. And so, like, while you were training and getting back into shape, were you also working or were you just focusing on dance? No, I very much was was working still. So, um, I... Yeah, ever since I was eight, ever since I graduated from high school, I, I always worked 
like full time. Um, so when I was in college, I was working, I think I was working like 40 hours a week. Um, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> um, dance is something that, uh, doesn't pay a lot for the most part. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't come from, I mean, I'm certainly, thankfully more privileged than a lot of people. It's just interesting in today's day and age, um, just a kind of real awakening of realizing what privilege that you have. And I always grew up thinking like, oh, I'm, I came from, you know, humble beginnings and all this, but then you see people that are, are very, have humble beginnings. And, uh, and so I'm realizing that I had to change kind of the narrative in my head of, of like, oh, I don't come from privilege into saying, well, just I'm white, like just the color of my skin. I come with a lot of privilege that I didn't really realize. Um, so, but anyway, in answer to your question, uh, yeah, it always seemed to me to maintain the lifestyle that I wanted, which is not a lifestyle of like, Gucci and Fendi bags, but just a lifestyle of not being a starving artist. I always, right. <laughs> uh, I always have worked uh, a lot. Yeah. So dance always seemed to have to kind of like fit in between the more important to me um, goal of being able to pay for everything myself and not have to rely on anybody and pay off my college loans and all of these things. And then, so what does your dance career kind of look like now? Or Because I saw on your website that you were in The Marvelous Miss Maisel, and then you're teach, you were teaching at the ballet spot. Or are you still teaching there? And just how are you fitting it into your life, like, right now? Yeah, so, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting time, a very interesting time with COVID-19. I know everyone, and I'm sure everyone of your audience members listening is going to have a little bit of a different um, take on it. But my personal take is I would rather err on the side of caution. As far as my health is concerned, I'm playing the long game for me because my career when I started dancing again has always been more freelance. Um, Yeah, I would just rather... um, play it safe. So to be honest, I'm not exactly sure what that looks like. I'm kind of playing it by ear. Um, as you mentioned, I, uh, you know, we met uh, as I was teaching at, at the ballet spot, which is a lovely spot where, where you can take dance um, ballet classes and you don't have to be a dancer uh, to take it. And so anyway, I was teaching there, which was, um, which was lovely because the owner of the ballet spot has very much a heart for bringing dance to everybody. And especially because I came back to dance after 15 years. So I kind of have it, <laughs> I kind of cut that part out of the story. But uh, so right after college, I moved to Chicago and auditioned to get a scholarship at Hubbard Street Dance in the training studios with it. And I actually did get a scholarship, which is amazing, coming back from a car accident and not having trained for four years. Um, but I lost the scholarship two weeks later. Um, and at the time, that was like 
I mean, I cannot describe to you. It's like the worst breakup. Like if you've ever been broken up with and it's just like the rug gets pulled out from you, that's what it felt like. Um, and looking back, I wish I could have more grace uh, and understanding for myself because it's not normal that one would be able to maintain a very strict um, training program, very intense training program, having a not danced for four years, B still be injured from a car accident, uh, C be working full time in a new city, all of these things. And I'm sure I was, even though I was trying really hard, I'm sure it was kind of a mess um, as, as you would be. So that's what really was for me with dance, the straw that broke the camel's back. And after that, I quit for uh, until my mid thirties. So that was really the like the bulk of the quitting of the dance <laughs> and the the hiatus from it. Um, so fast forward a long time later, I was in my mid uh, or sorry, yep, early thirties. And I was in New York at the time, and a coworker of mine was a Rockette, and I I didn't know that. And so anyway, I had just known her as like my coworker. Anyway, I found out that she was a Rockette, and in my mind, I was like, well, if this is so uh, kind of silly and ridiculous of me, but I was like, well, if she could do it, I could do it. And so that's what got me to start. Um, start training again, but not in this like all or nothing way, but just like, you know what, I'm just going to start taking class and see what, see what comes of it. So that's what I started dancing in New York city. And, uh, you know, just starting by just taking class, getting stronger, meeting people. And so that's what led to these things that you mentioned. So um, like my booking on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel uh, which like, if you watch the series, I'm such a fan of the series, but you, you could blink and, and not see me. They hired, um, so many dancers for this, including even just a category of like people kind of like walking down the street, but in a, in a carriage of a dancer in the way that a dancer holds themselves. So, um, so that's what I was hired as, uh, which is just so kind of ridiculous that you train so long, you train, uh, you know, your whole life. And then you, you're hired to like walk down the streets. Um, I mean, but it's, like, it's still pretty cool. I mean, it's a really great show at least. <laughs> it really is. And it was, it was really cool to be a part of it. And uh, so I've been rambling, but in answer to your question, if and when production comes back and I feel like it's a safe place to be, I would love to have more bookings like that. Um, like on a on a film set where they need ensemble dancers, um, the freelance projects. Uh, and in answer to your question as well, I am taking a break from teaching at the ballet spot, uh, mainly because I am very much focused on getting my home together. So my husband and I bought a home a little bit before all of this. And uh, it just seems to me in this season that you're forced to be home to really invest in it. And so my my plan, my hope for the long run is that when things get back to some semblance of normalcy, then, you know, I'll, I'll be thankful that, oh, wow, I really got my home together in this time. And now I can focus on my 
career or on my, my dance, my athleticism, because I guess for me, I've seen that you can take these very long breaks and you can still come back to it. So that's my, that's only my experience. I know everybody is different, but because I've had that experience and, and also seen it from other people that I've taught uh, at the ballet spot, there's a lot of people that, uh, that had similar stories to me that they said, you know what, this is my first class in 10 years. And uh, that was so cool to see because a lot of these, these um, women, these dancers were still amazing. And so it really is a paradigm shift. I think it was to me and I hope will be to other people that, uh, you know, there is something to be said for training hard and training, you know, every day or, uh, you know, really focusing on something. But I think you have to realize that a lot of the people that are telling people to train like this also, that they have some kind of maybe something to gain from it. So like if your dance studio owner is telling you that you need to train every day, you know, to kids or whatnot, you know, that they're also running a business. And I'm not saying that it's entirely selfish of them to say that. I'm just, I'm just saying that, yes, the more you put time into training in general, the better your results will be. But I also think that it's like riding a bike and that once you have the basics down and, uh, you, your brain and your body are such amazing instruments that you'll pick it up. You'll pick it up again so much better than you think that you would. (laughs) So there's two other things I kind of want you to talk about just because I think a lot of the people listening are probably more like runners or triathletes. So could you talk about just how athletic dance actually is? Because I think a lot of people think ballet and they think doing the splits and like being flexible, but you have to be really strong. Like I'm taking some of the classes. I'm like, whew. I need to work on a couple of these muscles. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I have so much respect for runners and for athletes because uh, I have started cross training, and uh, and and also that is very hard. So I think that um, I think the the longer that I've or um, excuse me, let me. How do I say this? <laughs> um, since coming back to dance as an adult, I've realized how important that cross training is. So when I was young, a lot of the flexibility uh, just came naturally to me. But as an adult coming back, I have dealt with some injuries uh, related to um, hypermobility is what my physical therapists call it or what the doctors call it. So, you know, I don't look like a contortionist. I'm not super flexible, but still there are these issues of, of hypermobility where the cross training comes in. So for me doing, um, you know, weight training, some cardiovascular activity running uh, have really helped me in my dance. And I think that it goes both ways because if you train one set of muscles so hard, you will run into injuries. And I say this, say always consult your doctor or physical therapist, but from someone that's gone through now a couple years of physical therapy, I'm just repeating what they have said. But of course, I'm not a doctor. Um, but yes, dance is very hard, very athletic. And I think that 
a lot of times the misconception with it is that it is also an art. Dancers are trained to not make it look like it's hard. Um, you know, we're not really trained, at least I wasn't on like breathing so much. You're supposed to make it look like it's nothing. And a lot of dancers are very successful at that. So they might have just done the equivalent of running a marathon. Like when I think of Swan Lake or something, uh, the ballet is three acts long. You know, this, the prima, the prima ballerina of it is doing three hours of stuff on her toes and running around. And that's like a marathon, but she's also telling a story and not supposed to look pained other than the, from the pain of the character. So don't be fooled. It's very hard. Um, but for both groups, uh, dancers and athletes, I think that cross training is so helpful. And just like, and just like you said, like from taking class at the ballet spot, you realize like, oof, this is very hard. Uh, and I think that, I think that anyone would find challenge just from a basic ballet class. And do you have any advice for anyone that is an adult looking to get into ballet or any kind of dance? Yeah. So I, I run into so many people that are, um, adults, adult ballet dancers. I want to call them, uh, or people that want to be adult ballet dancers. And I would encourage those people that there is a entire community available to them. And if they're in the group that wants to do it, but just haven't done it yet because they're, they're worried for whatever reason that it won't look like it looked like when they were younger or if they've never tried it, that it's kind of ridiculous or whatever. I would say that there's a reason that their heart, that their soul is yearning for this. And, and you can ignore it, but it's not going to, it's not going to go away. And so what's going to hurt by just trying it? I have talked to people that, you know, always wanted to try dance and they tried it and they said, you know, eh, that's not for me. That's, that was my experience with, uh, with some other things that I wanted to try. Like, all right, fine. I tried that. And now I don't have that question mark anymore in my head. Do, would I like that? So my advice to them would just be just as with anything, just take it one day at, at a time. But there's a plethora of online classes that they could try. Of course, I'm going to be partial to the ballet spot. Uh, I'm not teaching there right now, but I know like the owner and all of the dance teachers there and um, think that it's a just lovely place to learn and get in community uh, of other uh, adults that, that are, you know, dancing or trying dance for the first time. Uh, also, if the listeners are on Instagram, if you, if you hash, if you search the hashtag adult ballet, there are some amazing adult ballerinas that that uh, I'm inspired by because these people didn't even dance. Some of them didn't even dance when they were young. And I'm looking at what they're doing. And to me, it's just mind blowing. Like the things, the, the things that they have been able to accomplish in just a couple years of training uh, are amazing. And, and I think by following those people, you're kind of, linking into a community of what seems to be really supportive um, individuals, mainly women, but some men as well. So yeah, just, just to try it. And also like 
at least from my experience, I don't, I don't regret um, quitting because I think that it made me appreciate what I, what I have now and have maybe a more balanced lifestyle than if I, if I hadn't quit, but I wish if I could go back that I, I wouldn't have quit entirely. Like if I had just committed to taking uh, having a goal of taking one class every two weeks or something like this, I think that I wouldn't have had the, some of maybe the injuries that I had coming back from just going from all or nothing. Uh, so that's my goal now, you know, with this uh, pandemic, as I mentioned, I don't, I don't know how things are going to look, but I'm at least trying to keep up, keep up my training a little bit. And so I would say this for anyone interested in, in trying as well, if it's hard, but you still love it, just set a reasonable goal for yourself, like one class a month, and then reward yourself for doing it. Uh, you know, whatever it is that you love to do, like, I love to have cappuccinos, <laughs> whatever it is. So I'm going to have a cappuccino after I took my once a month dance class. That's really good advice. <laughs> Um, so I think that's all of my questions. Uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to add or talk about? Um, no, I mean, I'm so curious about your backgrounds as well, like how how you got into dance. Are you mainly a runner? Um, um so I've, yeah, I've taken some classes. Um, you know, I've, of course, like all little girls want to be like a ballerina or figure skater, but it just... It wasn't in my family's budget, so it just never happened. I took a uh, high school dance for two years, and then, you know, I went to college. My college didn't have any dance classes or any dance program. Um, so when I came home for the summer, I took, you know, a class here or there at the community college. I've just taken things, like, sporadically, um, but now mm -hmm. I'm an adult. I'm 29. I'm working, so I have a little bit more expendable income, so... I found right before COVID, it sucks. I found this studio right by my house. Um, they had classes that worked with my work schedule. And then I took one class there. And then everything kind of got shut down because of the pandemic. So <laughs> that's why. Yeah, that's how I found uh, the ballet spot because I was on uh, that Mind Body app. Just like, I was like, wow, there's you can take classes from anywhere. So that was kind of actually one fun thing about the pandemic is like getting to like, I can be in New York for a day or I can be yeah. in London for a day. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I always have too many hobbies, but I would like dance to be a more consistent hobby, I guess, just because it just feels good, you know, just kind of like I always, I'm always prancing around the house and it's just like one of those things that, you know, maybe I'll never be a performer or never do anything else with it, but it just feels good. Yeah, I'm 100% on the same page with you. Like, even at this point in my life for me, like, I'm 38. I don't know if I'll perform again. Like, I really don't know. That might be it for me. But there's still, um, and I think for your listeners, like, if they're prancing around the house as well, or if they have kids that are, there is still something that is so, for whatever reason, just healing about, yeah. about moving your body. Um, and uh, there's so much value in that. All right, athletes, that's all the time we have for today's episode. 
Um, if you want to check out what Jana is up to, you can visit her website, janadavis.com. That's J-A-N-N-A-D-A-V-I-S.com. And then you can also visit her on social media. Her Instagram uh, username is Jana is Green. So thanks again, Jana, for taking the time out of your day to record this episode. I really appreciate it. And thank you, the listener, for listening to this episode. I really appreciate you choosing to listen to this podcast out of everything else that you could be listening to. So thank you so much. And I hope you tune in next week. I'm always hesitant to tell you guys what the next episode is when I haven't finished editing yet, just in case um, something ends up being wrong with the recording. But barring anything being, which, you know, that hasn't happened to me yet, but I just don't want to jinx it. So barring anything happening to the recording um, in uh, next week's episode, we're talking to Brian and he's going to talk about soccer and being in a local soccer league and also just um, going from being like a non-athletic kid to an adult and who just tries all kinds of sports. So it's going to be a real fun episode. So, all right. Again, thank you so much and tune in next Tuesday.